you know, I'm just, I'm through trying to get him to come to my side. The dirty dog, he just, he comes over, all he does is talk about WWF. He just talks about Diesel, and I, I don't even care. All I want is just to watch WCW. So I'm going to put on my Nitro, and we'll start it. I'm just going to have fun, just party for one. That's all I need. All I need. What's going on? What is this? Why is there a bell ringing in my I'm, house right I'm, now? I'm sorry, Mr. Beverly Hills. I have to interrupt. I don't Why know are you if, here? I don't know if you remember this, but I got a key to your place. What? Why are you here? What? I got my popcorn. I got my couple of cans of mellow yellow. I got my Powerade. I'm here to... I want to see, see the big boys play. I want to be where the big boys what? are at. I want to see. Come on, man! I want to see where the monkey dance. I want to see the monkey dance, Beverly Hills. Come on, no. Come on, man! Why? I don't. I don't understand. You don't like this stuff. Why are you here? Hey, dirty dog! I hear you calling. I think it's time for the show. The sleep hold has got me confused, but maybe here we go. Mr. Hills and the dog from Maine, event status radio. They're recording again. <laughs> Bagels and biceps all over my screen. What are we supposed to do? Live. From Landover, Maryland, and recorded live from the U.S. Air Arena, there's two things we enjoy doing, chewing bubblegum and podcasting and professional wrestling, and we're all out of bubblegum. I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. This is Main Event Status Radio, and joining me is the greatest broadcast partner, the greatest podcast partner any dog could ask for. He's the man. <laughs> He is the twisted steel and sex appeal that Mother D warned me about. <laughs> the guy that is a hit maker and record breaker with his pretty face, Mr. Beverly Hills. Beverly, what's a happening? All right, man. Oh, man, not much is going on. Another week in the books. All right. That's how life goes. Just turn the page. We are turning the page on the 40th episode of Main Event Status Radio covering the 40. First episode of Monday Nitro, if my uh, math is correct, something like uh, it's that. It's either forty-one or forty-two. I think it's forty-one or forty-two. I didn't look. Well, early, early forties. Anyways, from you got it. Monday, July first, nineteen ninety-six, and like I mentioned, the intro from Landover, Maryland, from the U.S. Air Arena. Uh-huh. This is a go-home edition of Monday Nitro, going into the Bash at the Beach, nineteen ninety-six pay-per-view, and this is our. I yeah, guess, and they got some fire here, man. I guess this is also the go-home edition to the Great American Bash at the Beach Tour. Yes, it is. The penultimate episode. I I emailed you earlier this week. I am super, super excited to talk about the eight-man tag team match in the main event. Good, because I took one note on the eight-man tag team main event match. I can easily tell, it, tell now that... This might be the Mongol Green versus Flair Anderson tag team match at the Great American Bash that you hated it. I loved it. <laughs> I guess. 
Yeah, I thought it was ridiculous, but we'll get to it later. Yes, we'll get to it in about an hour or so. So do you have? <laughs> yes, do you do any dirty, dirty little research in the hills about the U.S. Air Arena? You got it, man. So we got the U.S. Air Arena, a.k.a. the Capitol Center, the first indoor arena to have a video replay screen on its scoreboard. Interesting. That's important. The first arena with luxury boxes. Maybe that's where we're podcasting this edition of Mid Event Status Radio. <laughs> uh, we would not be, because if we were trying to, we would be in a mall, because that is what is sitting on the site of <coughs> the Capitol Center or the USA Arena now. <laughs> it, is, it, was, it was demolished in 2002. Uh, but as I always do, I go over who played in the arena. Oh, Here's oh, who oh. played in the arena. We got college ranks, Georgetown Hoyas, their big years of the 80s with Patrick Ewing and the rest there. Uh, We got the Washington Bullets for almost the entire run of the uh, building from 73 to 97. Uh, The Washington Capitals, the hockey team. Um uh, an arena football team by the name of the Washington Commandos. Uh, an indoor soccer team called the Washington Wave. Yes. A, or an indoor uh, lacrosse team. And lastly, my most favorite, and also a shirt that a fellow in the audience was wearing on this episode of uh, Monday Night Show. The Washington Warthogs, which that is an indoor soccer team. Yeah, I, I caught this picture of this dude wearing this weird uh, shirt, and I'm like, what is that? And then when I uh, looked, did my research here, I found the Washington Warthogs. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the teams that you mentioned yeah, had the name Washington in it. So how close is Landover, Maryland to Washington, D.C.? Very close. Okay. It is it- in the, definitely in the metropolitan area. Okay, makes sense. Okay, because I was gonna make a wise, wise guy uh, comment about I never knew Landover, Maryland was that close to the state of Washington, Gorilla. Well, that just would have been a dumb <laughs> comment. Uh, you know that I like to make outrageous comments like that. Yeah, you're right. So according to my Ruku, for this edition of Nitro, it says, and I quote, Harlem Heat defend the WCW tag titles against the Steiner brothers. The four horsemen compete in the main event, the Outsiders, and more. (laughs) And no, the four horsemen do not compete against the Outsiders and more in the main event. Yes. So the show opens up with a class so nitro opening and la di da di da. We've covered it many a times on the podcast in this series. And we go inside, and Tony welcomes us to the arena. It welcomes us on air. And he goes, You! You are looking live! You are looking live at the Cap Center! And I'm like, Tony, come on, get your stuff together, man. <laughs> he keeps repeating himself. He can't get the whole thing out until the third try. Oh, Tony. <coughs> I feel like Tony and I can relate to each other for stumbling over our words and having Bill Mercer moments like all the time. 
<laughs> no, you're better than Tony sometimes. And man. Tony and Larry are sitting ringside again, so that means Eric Bischoff is back for hour two to be our play-by-play man. You got it. Eric Bischoff is back. The Bish is back. Then uh, the, the Bish is the Bish. He's the Bish is back. Don't go crazy. That's a matter of fact. Yes. High five. Good work, man. I was real happy. I thought you were just going to leave me hanging, but would you pick me up on that? Oh, man, I'm happy. I guess we could say the Bish is back and he's better than ever. He has a knack yes. for that play-by-play booth. Go right <laughs> Then Yeah, Tony and Larry are inside and they put over Bash of the Beach since this is going to be the following Sunday. Then Tony... Yeah, but, says, you know, sorry, sorry I'm going to interrupt you. I They... Kept they were alluding to the fact that it's soon, but they never said. Yeah, is that six that days? Yeah, right. I and I thought that was very weird to the point where I had to look up just to to make sure. I was I was fairly positive that this was the go home edition, but I had to look up to make sure because the way they were talking, I wasn't positive that this was the nitro before the papers very strange that they weren't saying six days they weren't saying next sunday they weren't saying how to order they were just kind of alluding that it's close or it's soon so yeah, i thought th- that was really weird think of it i don't even think uh the like me and gene later on in different interview segments or the other wrestlers really even mention anything like that either mm-hmm. if i Right. Th- you know think of it because that why well, well, i didn't take i wouldn't take note of it anyway when i watch it but i don't Trying to remember back while well, listening to the promos, I don't think I remember any of the any of the wrestlers or anything mentioned that. Right, I would agree with you. Then, yeah, but then when Tony got done, you know, doing his normal hype at the beginning of Nitro, he usually kicks it to Larry. But before Larry went into his philosophical monologue, we had a special guest join, or to inter- interrupt uh, Larry and Tony, Mister Beverly Hills. <laughs> yes, as Larry was doing his cool bow, which I, by the way, I don't know if I've told you this, but many times when kids will come up to the hall in the hallways to me and go, Mr. Beverly Hills, I go, I do the Larry's Abisco bow <laughs> where he twirls his fingers as he bows. So as much as I hate Larry's Abisco, I have taken that from him and I do appreciate very much his bow. I am happy you love his bow because... I remember back in 96, 97, 98, the, the young, pu- dirty puppy dog used to do the, the Larry's Bisco bow as well back in, in like middle school and elementary school and all that. Fantastic, man. Well, yeah, like you said, as, <laughs> when, Larry, as when Larry was doing his, his finger twirling bow, DDP came mm. down and, and, and interrupted and, uh, because his battle, his battle bowl ring was stolen. And wants to check every yes. single spot in the arena, or wants every single spot in the arena to be searched. Now, when I when I saw this, I was like, "This DDP, we have seen a change. He's not acting like the DDP we've watched in the five or six weeks before this." I don't know if you, it was gradual, but it seems almost like it got turned on a dime. He's not the Daddy, hanging and banging DDP. He's like the DDP that we've we kind of came to know and love in the last few years of Nitro. Yeah. What did, did you? I guess I see that at all or anything. I I guess I didn't see the connections between 
this addition of DDP on this nitro compared to the yeah, like I said, the later days of DDP that we grew to love. But I did notice that this DDP seemed a lot different on this episode of Nitro compared to the right. Nitros before that we've reviewed so far. So yes. I, I, I have noticed too that DDP does seem, if not if if his character isn't evolving, he does seem a lot different than when we when we started this series. Yes, and then at least. We, I think we can definitely agree that it's better. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless of if you think it's reminiscent of the future, um, it's definitely the one that is a lot uh, more real than uh, the one that's happened in the last few weeks. And Tony sends us the video footage from last week when the Outsiders interviewed in the Tate Team title main event match. Tony says that there's okay. rumors that the Outsiders will be in the U.S. Air Arena tonight. And he mm-hmm. wonders who the third man will be, or w- wonders if the third man will be there tonight. Yes. Then Lin- and Larry's now, Larry's really pushing the New World Order name yeah. here. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, Larry mentions that there will be a, a New World Order happening on Sunday at, ba- at the Bash of the Beach. Yes. And I had to make a note about this, that, uh, I also, you know, I've said it many times before on the on the podcast. I listen to podcasts while I'm at work, and yeah, uh, that uh, Rick Flair. No, was it Rick Flair that had? I don't. Rick Flair had Eric Bischoff on uh, two part series on his podcast for the last couple. As as of us recording, you know, the past few weeks. But when this gets released, it's a few weeks back. But uh, right. I think is on, on that edition of. Flair's podcast, or might be another podcast I listen to, but I must just give it credit to Flair and Bischoff. But it <laughs> was it was said that, uh, or Bischoff was kind of talking about that, you know, at the night of the uh, Bash at the Beach, that he was going over a bunch of bullet points for Hogan about, you know, about, you know, for his pro- heel promo after the after he interferes, and Bischoff supposedly said that he was the one that came up with the New World Order name, even though Larry. <laughs> dropped it on this edition of Monday Natural. Yeah, and I mean, I wouldn't deny that Bischoff came up with it prior because, uh, you know, Larry does it a few times. It's not like he just came up with it once, so I don't know. Yeah, I... I, I, I don't know, say la vie, like it really matters. Yeah, but I guess I, you know, other podcasts I listen to, I wish I would, could remember where, it came, where, where I can quote this from, but, you know, the podcast I listen to, people were thinking that, Maybe Bischoff thought of the New World Order name because Larry dropped it a few times on this Nitro. Yeah, maybe. But who knows? Whatever. So we may as well get into the first match of the night, Mr. Beverly Hills. You! You are looking live! You are looking live! At McCamp Center! The USL Arena! WCW Monday Nitro, and we are coming to you live as the countdown is on. 
to WCW's Bash at the Beach, where, ladies and gentlemen, all the talk of the wrestling world has been centered on one event, and that is, of course, Daytona Beach and the Ocean Center, the hostile takeover. We are not too far away from that big six-man tag team event. Thanks to modern technology via satellite communication, the world is becoming a small place. There will be a new world. What? 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 I'm talking here. All the security in this building. What are you talking? Do you see a ring on my fingers, No, I don't see a ring on your fingers. You know why? Why? Because the Lord of the Rings ring has been stolen. I want this entire place closed. I want the whole building secured, and I want everyone strip-searched. Well, I'm sorry, and I apologize, but we don't have your ring, and we've got a show to do here. Hey, the bottom line is, Legend, you know this, they're jealous. Everyone's jealous. They know they can't beat me. Well, when they can't beat you, they're going to take the ring. they're going to steal it. I'm getting to the bike. You got it, Giovanni? You know who's got it? Do you know who's got it? No, I don't know who has it. For crying out loud, would you let us do our television program? Please get him out of here. Get him out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, we ended the program in a wild fashion. Let's take a look at the footage from last week when the World Tag Team title switched hands, Larry. Here you see the power slam of the total package, Lex Luger. And then here they come, these two outsiders that we talked about being in the arena last week. Well, you know, take a look at the game of poker. When you play poker and you got seven cards stud, you got an idea of what you're going up against. When you play no peak, you don't have a clue. These two guys to me are being very cowardly by not exposing their hand. Here they come. I want to know who the third man is, and I want to know where the third man is. In the midst of all that melee last week, Harlem Heat became the World Tag Team Champions. And there you hear the announcement, New World Tag Team Champions. It was chaos in the ring last week, and we do understand. This week there is a rumor that these two gentlemen are here once again here on WCW Monday Nitro. We can only wonder, Larry, will their third man be with them here tonight? Well, that's the question. You know, a lot of rumors flying back and forth. No one seems to know exactly what's going on. We will find out. Like I said before, there will be a new world order this Sunday in professional wrestling. You can see heightened security is here. And ladies and gentlemen, for the first time since he took that tremendous fall at the Great American Badge, Eric Bischoff returns on Hour 2 tonight, live on Nitro. Look at the ring the opening bout here on TNT. Rock on. And I have finally been able to decipher when it is man called sting and when it is story of two brothers and i am like so happy and, and the last nitro is when i finally get it but i heard it i was like story of two brothers steinerized <laughs> i got it so we got the steiner brothers coming out their opponent harlem heat here harlem heat are the champions uh, Booker T's got the phone. Uh, last Saturday, I got a new phone. Um, I'm still not in the smartphone generation. Well, you forget a So I watched phone. it. No, I'm not. Oh, in no. The, okay. I'm still not. I'm going to tell you. I'm still not. So I walk into Verizon, and I go, and I go back to the tiny, tiny section of quote-unquote basic phones and i'm looking at like which one do i want because i just want the i want like a 30 dollar a month plan because i have an ipad you know so i get it and i and i picked one out and it literally kind of looks like the one that booker t walks down to the ring with so <laughs> well you know, i just you, just wanted to drop that yeah you were talking you know 
the your Verizon store having a very basic selection, if I remember correctly. Yeah, the one that I, you know, closest on what I live to, yeah, it's Portugal Watkins, yeah, in the back corner, and I think it might be only, well, this is also back when Mabadi had a basic phone, too, but I think last okay. I can remember they had maybe six different phones you could pick from, if that. That's about right. That's about, that sounds about right. You know, that Although means- they did just come out with a new one, I'm like, wow, you guys are still coming out with new phones that like this, but I guess... Well, My not dad that, one. No, not just like you. <laughs> just like you, not that many people really want a, a smartphone, especially since, like you said, you have an iPad that you really don't have a need for a smartphone. Yes, and neither did Booker T because he was living in 1996. Yeah, so so before, before we get into uh, the match and all that, I got I guess a couple of notes. That one, Nick Patrick okay. is a referee, so I wonder if he's okay. uh, making the security guards shoot their guns this week. Uh, two Harlem Heats oh, in, yeah. in red tights this week. Yep. And my third point in the question that I have, why aren't Steeny Lux still getting the first title shot against the new take team champion since they're the ones that dropped the titles a week before? Right. Logic-wise would say that, but, you know, clearly they dropped them so they could get into the main event picture. Under- understand. The- I, I mean, the, the time of them, to be honest, the time of them being tagged champions lasted way too long as it was. So they're yeah. de- they're clearly just getting out of that. Okay, yeah, before we kick it to the match, I do have a notable, something that Larry said before the bell rang. Larry, right, what does he get? Larry claims he created the game of human <laughs> chest in regards to the outsiders. He believes that they're they're afraid because they refuse to reveal who the third man is. Okay. And I don't know how that relates to Larry uh, creating a game of human chess or anything. Well, because they're they're playing the game too. He was saying. Okay, makes sense. And he said that he invented it, so he knows all about it. Okay, Larry Zabisco. Anyway, I'll kick it to you for the match. It doesn't just talk slow. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't just it's like, my bad imitation of your bad imitation of Larry Zabisco, so my, my apologies. Okay. <laughs> so so Booker and Booker and Scotty are the ones that, that start out here, and they, they kind of go back and forth before Scott gets a, a belly-to-belly and a press slam to really get us going. Um, here's where I noticed that I was I was very happy because the horsemen are back at their VIP section. The VIP section has been there week to week, but I think this is the first time that they've been there outside of their own matches, so it, it really pleased me. Um, <clears throat> after that, my next note was that uh, Stevie hit a really junky-looking clothesline on uh, Rick, and Rick kind of rewarded him with a really uh, – kind of tough-looking German where he just kind of perked him up and uh, slammed him down yeah. there. I know I, I have to interrupt. I I think right on this time I did put in my notes that I want to get your thoughts on what the difference is between a regular German suplex and a belly-to-back suplex. Um, a belly-to-back suplex usually has the guy go off to the side. Okay, then Germans Whereas... Yeah, where the German suplex goes over their head. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, because I, well, I guess I should have just thought thought about that myself, but I well, just wanted to yeah, ask you about that, you know, to get more clarification, make sure that my clear my idea of the two is the same as, as you. Right on, man. Um, 
yeah, so after that one, uh, Scott comes in and he, he gives Stevie another belly-to-belly. Um, and now we have a, a visitor at ringside. Who do we got coming down to, to ringside to watch the proceedings here? Colonel Rob Parker. And I get. I took, no, I took note that one of the announcers must have said that he's supposedly looking for his wallet. No, no, no. He was looking through his wallet. Oh, okay. okay that, that, make, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> maybe that uh, Colonel Rob Parker maybe found uh, DDP's battle bowl reading his wallet. I don't know, maybe, but it, I was gonna say if he was if he was looking for his wallet, then I really think we'd have some type of like kleptomaniac on the loose that there's all this stealing going on. But no, he was looking through his wallet, uh, and he was looking at pictures because he's like, "Oh, this twinkle eyes, oh, this twinkle eyes, looking at me, oh, I love her so much." <laughs> um, Back in the ring, Rick ran into a Booker, uh, a big boot, then a sidekick, and a reverse splash. I've never figured out what to call the splash where the person starts like this, and then they go like this and land on the person. Do you? What do you call that? Uh, only thing I can think of is maybe some kind of moonsault, but I know it's not a full Yeah, moonsault. that's flipping. Yeah. Right, yeah, I don't I don't, maybe okay, whatever. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I was just wondering if there's a, you, a lot of times I can't think of names for stuff, so just yeah. you help no, me I, out. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of, th- you know, trying to think of the spot. But I know you did just show me through the video scope what, what it was, but yeah, I, I have no clue. <laughs> I I had no clue what to name that maneuver. Besides, what a right. maneuver. Yeah, I just called it a reverse splash. Like the next time somebody did it. Um. Yeah, so Rick gets uh, he he got Booker with a suplex from the middle rope, and then he tagged in Scott, who came and hit a Tiger Driver. You know the Steiners are just like they're just gonna go balls to all. They're throwing out all kinds of different uh, moves, slam suplexes, the whole deal. Um, but Stevie's able to hit a power slam and an elbow here, uh, and. So they're both kind of wearing down. We get a double clothesline spot. Um, it all hell kind of breaks loose. Um, Rick finally then he got a power slam on Booker T. Goes to the, hits a top rope bulldog. Then weirdly just kind of like looks around. <laughs> so the, and then we get to then we get to the finish and you can take okay. it. Scotty hit the freaking center and he wasn't the legal man. So Stevie sent him outside and followed him. Yeah, Rick went up top to hit the top rope bulldog. And Nick Patrick was distracted. And then uh, yeah, then the Steiners went up for uh, for the standard bulldog. And Colonel Parker jumped up to the apron, crotch uh, Rick, and hit him over the head with his walking cane. And Booker covered him and scored the uh, pinfall to retain their tag team titles. Yes, what's your rating on this one? So yeah, the, so, yeah, the Harlem Heat yeah, retained the titles. My rating was three stars. Oh, I think that's a little high. I went two and a half. I I was very much enjoyed enjoyed the match. I thought this was a great opener, one of the better openers on Nitro that we've seen so far in the series. And uh, not you know I very yeah like I said I very well well enjoyed the match, despite the fact of Nick Patrick's poor refereeing ability. So I guess yeah I just enjoyed the match. I feel like all all guys gave their best. Like I said I, I enjoyed seeing the Standard Brothers. You know, having it, having it up uh, one extra gear and you know, overdrive, trying to yeah, uh, you know, bounce to the wall like you said, trying to recapture the Tatum titles. 
Right up. Looked pretty good. Okay, then uh, we went to me and Gene, who's with the horsemen at their VIP spot on our side. Gene says it to a video package when Flair and Double A attacked Gomez in the Renegade a few weeks back, before, I believe, before the Great American Dash pay-per-view. Then uh, when Benoit Anderson, oh yeah, then the video package also showed when Benoit Anderson beat the Rock and Roll Express. Then mm-hmm. uh, we, we come back and Deborah put over how Mongo has 15 years of uh, football experience, but will make more money in the W. Will make more money in WCW than football. I have to stop with that. Yep. What's your thoughts on Deborah putting over why Mongo wanted to become a pro wrestler? Well, I think that's a perfect way to to do it because to uh, kind of smooth over the fact that he's not playing football because he couldn't make a team anymore. You know, it's, yeah. which I mean is the truth. And it, so it's it's tough to say, you know, I'm here or whatever because I want to, and this is a good explanation. Yeah, it's I- a solid explanation of why he's not playing football anymore. Yeah, because like I said, I listen to the Ric Flair podcast, and he's made you know, kind of you know, comments every once in a while. He even had LT on a lot, about a month or so back, and Flair keeps mentioning once in a while that yeah, Mongo became a wrestler because he wanted to. It was something he always wanted to do, and he had enough money from his football days, from you know winning the Super Bowl. He saved money pretty good that that he was loaded. He didn't he didn't become a pro wrestler right. for the money. He did it because he had the passion for it, which is which is one thing I appreciate, even though Mongo wasn't ever a great wrestler or a great promo, but I had to give him props for, for, for that, that he wanted to become a wrestler because that's something he wanted to do. I and, uh, guess. I don't know. I, I guess. I, uh, I think whenever you do something, you should do it to the best of your ability, yeah. I suppose. But anyway, then... Uh, Liz said that there's more money to come, you know, in regards to you know that her settlement settlement with Macho after they got the got the got their the divorce. Then uh, she also said that they know where the money comes from. Then mm-hmm. uh, I think I must have skipped what Mongo said. You oh, think? you also skipped what woman said. Okay, let's go rewind and go back to Mongo. Do you want to mention what Mongo said? No, you just no. It goes straight from Elizabeth to Mongo. Oh, does it? Or no, it goes straight from Elizabeth to woman. Oh, okay, then. Yep, it want, goes Elizabeth, woman, Arn, Benoit, Mongo, Flair. Okay, then I don't have anything what woman said. Do you have anything? She goes, woman? she goes, Liz, we like that you got the money for us. I think we need a full-time driver. <laughs> then uh, Anderson said that they've been, uh, they're, they're running the, uh, they've been running the wrestling world. The horseman's finally at uh, full strength, first time since the mid-80s. He actually, he's, so he said they're not the Supreme Court, but they do run professional wrestling. Pro- and then he goes, professional wrestling, the wrestling business. <laughs> <laughs> and then Benoit said that he's silent but violent. That always so terrible. That's terrible and just uh, him saying that just creeps me out. Then uh, <laughs> then Mongo said that money makes a monkey dance. <laughs> and it's so stupid. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I know you love it, but I think that's the stupidest line. I 
I always like stupid, dumb lines like that that make no sense at all. And I don't know. I guess I find inter- enjoyment all those stupid things like that. Because I think I feel like that would make him the monkey, right? Because like he he's the one that they gave the money to, and then he went with them. So like, why would you call yourself the monkey? That's so stupid. <laughs> it's Mongo McMichael. So what can I say? I guess. And Flair asked Macho what was he going to do because I don't know why they're still feuding. Do you have any other notes about what yeah. Flair said? Flair just goes crazy. And this is like my favorite Flair ever. He's going insane. He's standing on his tra- chair. He's like, what's causing all of this? And I just love him so much. a little bit like Sheik's Palace Royale. I am joined here by the four horsemen, Steve McMichael, of course, the nature boy, Ric Flair, Chris Benoit, and the enforcer, Arn Anderson. I am also joined by woman, good to see you, my dear, the lovely Elizabeth, and Deborah McMichael. Later on tonight here on Nitro, as you know, Deborah, your husband's going to be in action along with the four horsemen in a gigantic eight-man tag. I want to just take a quick second and go back to recently on Nitro, when a couple of these gentlemen attacked Joe Gomez and his partner at the time, the Renegade, they took him apart. The match never even got off the ground because all of this took place back in the locker room area. Now tonight, your husband is going to be in action with the horseman. Then the Rock and Roll Express are also going to be part of it. And Deborah, right now, what's your sense of all of the excitement that's going on with the horseman and yourself? I don't know. You know, what can I say? You know, I think my husband is one of the best athletes that's ever played. He played 15 years of NFL. And I'm a bit high maintenance. I hate to admit to that, but I think he has a possibility to make more money here than he ever did in the NFL. All right, Deborah. Thank you. I, I don't know if she was at the lake this weekend, but Elizabeth, you seem to be having a, a good time at somebody else's expense here at World Championship Wrestling. I'm having a wonderful time, and don't worry, girls. There's plenty of money. We all know where that came from, and so oh, does he. Please, yes. Boy, you are rubbing it in. Woman. Wo- woman. Yes, Woman. Queen. Woman, you are... You know, the- Elizabeth, we need to tap that source of yours. We need that full-time driver. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm sure that can be arranged, and yes, there is a lot of money. Arn Anderson tonight, the Rock and Roll Express, Joe Gomez, and the Renegade going up against the four of you. No, Gene Okerlund, what you don't see sitting before you is the Supreme Court. But what we do do is run the professional wrestling world. Tonight, at full strength, for the first time since the middle part of the 80s, the four horsemen come together. I told you when we got the full strength, heads were going to roll. Tonight, there will be a visual aid. Chris Benoit, you're looking at the man, the crippler, silent but violent. All right, let me swing over to the end. 
Steve McMichael, you seem to be absolutely radiating tonight. You're happy to be a horseman. They're all together. Oh, my friend, everybody says, how could you do it, Ric Flair? Well, let me tell you, brother, I played for CDR in Chicago. And just like Deborah said, my friend, money makes the monkey dance. All right, uh, I don't know if I want to talk about the monkey or the grinder, but Ric Flair, I should caution you, the macho man Randy Savage is in the building tonight, and he is being restrained right now before his match. Macho, what you going to do, brother? Because of the infamous words of Double A, what's causing all this? Thank you very much, gentlemen. Later on tonight on Nitro, the four horsemen in an eight-man tag with the Rock and Roll Express, Joe Gomez, and the Renegade. Stay tuned. We're on TNT, totally live from the U.S. Air Arena in the nation's capital. More coming up. Then, yeah, we go to commercial. We get another Glacier commercial. Screw you, Glacier. Then we get <laughs> then, then we get Disco Inferno against, against Kurosawa. Kurosawa. Kurosawa, okay. Who is Kurosawa? Kurosawa is Manabu Nakanishi. He was a 1992 Olympian. Then, uh, actually, if you've ever watched, oh, geez, uh, one of the pay-per-views in 1992 that was very soon after the 92 Olympics, he made one of his very first debuts. He's just sitting in the crowd with uh, Seiji Sakaguchi, um, watching the proceedings and so he came into the wrestling business with a ton of hype because he was a very almost like you know Kurt Angle four years after just a very lauded um amateur wrestler then so he came into to the business um has been really kind of just a solid performer uh he's held some championships in Japan never been like the uh, kind of torch carrier there, but a solid performer the last 20 plus years, okay. including a little bit of time here in WCW. Now, Disco comes up with his gold record in Disco Ball that I thought looked awesome. Disco, yes, gra- I would agree. Disco grabs grab the mic and wants his music to be cut. Then Disco asks the crowd if they want to see him <laughs> dance. Then asks for his music to be played again to dance. And his, yeah, Kurosawa's art. Yeah, theme song hit. Yes. Then again, Disco is wearing white tights with Monday Nitro Fever on his butt, which always makes me laugh. <laughs> then I'll kick it to you for the review of the match. Right on. So Kurosawa starts out in control early with a lot of power moves. Um, he's kicking Disco, throwing him out to the uh, outside, and Disco comes up kind of lame, saying that his ankle hurts. Uh, but he gets back into the ring. Um, Kurosawa hits a Samoan drop that Tony calls a crucifix drop, kind of weirdly. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Tony, whatever. Um, Kurosawa hit another, uh, just, I don't know, kind of like a, almost a backdrop slam, backdrop driver type of move. And Larry goes, that's his finish. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, and when he hit it, the disco music started playing. And a fat guy came out dressed like Elvis. Okay. Yeah, because in my notes, I didn't even mention that there's a fat guy that, is, yeah, that looks like Elvis. I just wrote down what Tony proclaims, and Tony proclaimed, don't wear a jumpsuit with a, with that type of body. And yeah. when I saw that in my notes, I'm like, 
what the hell is Tony talking about there? Then, then like I remember that you uh, you just mentioned that 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 fat Elvis impersonator or whatever came out, and I remember laughing laughing my butt off when I watched that watched this Nitro when that then when that disco Elvis impersonator came out. <laughs> it was so weird. He comes up, starts dancing, distracts Kurosawa. Uh, the disco ball drops again. <laughs> disco uses it to hit Kurosawa in the back. It scores the pinfall, yeah. So, it scores the victor. Have you ever dealt with a disco ball before, Mr. Beverly Hills? I have, I have never dealt with a disco ball. Yeah, I was <laughs> wondering, I was wanting to know because I just wonder how heavy the disco ball has to be if, if it took using it towards hitting Curacao in the back to knock him out. I guess I just... I think it could hurt. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if it would be enough to knock somebody out, but whatever. <laughs> Disco yeah. Inferno is the winner. I rated this match one star. I thought it was all right. I just had a tough time connecting to the match, and I had a tough time paying attention for it. Yeah, I went star in the three quarters. It was short... It was ended weird with the fat disco man, even though that was my favorite part. Um, yeah, so I don't think it could get much above star in three quarters for me. And we go Nitro goes to a commercial, comes back. We get our next match: Scotty Riggs versus Diamond Dallas Page. Then, as I mentioned before, and Diamond, and, yeah, as I mentioned before, I hate the WWE's Network knockoff version of DDP's theme song. It's not. It's not though. You could tell when you listen to the when you listen to it. Listen to the announcers when they're still over the top of it. It's not a knockoff theme. It's terrible. It's before he got the self high five one. It's not a knockoff. Whatever. It's the original. It's the original. Then DDP started to pull, uh, or uh, trying to pull somebody out when he was trying to make his entrance in a. To check his pockets you know, and all that to see if he has his battle ball ring. Mm-hmm. And we go backstage with who, Mr. Beverly Hills? <laughs> with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Because he beats people up. Yes, he does. He does beat people up. You got it. Then, my, then uh, Duggan said that, he, that uh, don't worry, uh, told Prince, told, told DDP, don't worry about his ring. And that, that Duggan doesn't wear jewelry, so he that, that DDP has to look elsewhere. Yes, because I carry a two by four, I carry a roller tape, so look somewhere else, tough guy. And, and I had to mention that DDP's tights are bright green with purple trim. So now, then I'll uh, kick it to you for the yep. for the review. Right on. So DDP took over with a mule kick. <laughs> has the has he's got kind of the ref blocked off. Um, he hit a back suplex, so this would be your example of a back, a back okay. suplex. Because um, yeah, I had to interrupt again. Yeah, when DDP hit the back suplex, Tony tells us that Monday Nitro is, quote, the place to be every Monday night, unquote. Right on. I, I just so, made, made, made me laugh. Cool. So DDP hooked up an abdominal stretch. Uh, Riggs is able to, after a long time, you know, with the the crowd work of grabbing the ropes and, you know, getting pushed off of it and all that. Uh, Riggs is able to flip out of it. Um, and he tries to hit a, a sunset flip, but DDP first sits out of it, 
got rolled through and then hits a huge lariat, um, which looked awesome. And uh, he comes back with a pump handle backbreaker uh, and a pump handle slam, but it's reversed. And Riggs hits his one good move, the drop kick. <laughs> um, they go outside, and Riggs hit a springboard, and then that reverse crossbody that I was trying to think of the name of earlier. And uh, back in the ring, Riggs just goes for a straight body slam. DDP slipped out of it, and he hits the gaining popularity diamond cutter for the three. Yes, yes. Yeah, so DDP is a winner already. This match, three fourths of a star. To me, it went a little too long, but you know I had a tough time standing the match. But I really enjoyed seeing DDP counter body slam with a diamond cutter. Yeah, I went two and a quarter almost solely for that finishing sequence. And I thought, again, DDP, I can tell he's gaining popularity with the fans. Uh, the Diamond Cutter looks better and better every week. Um, and you can almost see DDP getting better right before our eyes, and that's yeah. really cool. I was going to say, so far in the series, series that DDP and seeing him transition to the Diamond Cutter is one thing I, I've been enjoying and all that, and... We we can I can start seeing slowly how DDP slowly work on the transition into the diamond cutter to be a little bit more to be a hell of a lot smoother than as we see it now in '96. Mm-hmm. Right on. And it gets better and better every week. After the match, DDP yells in the camera, "Who has it?" In regards to his name, <laughs> then we see some replays and all that. Then me and Gene catches DDP by the stage, and Gene says that he has a good idea where the or yeah he. Has a good good idea where the arena went. Yeah, and it was so weird because he never said. Yeah, <laughs> he goes, "I have a good idea where it is." So I'm assuming he thinks that Duggan has it, but he doesn't really say. Yeah, then uh, DDP said that the people in WCW is jealous of him. Mm-hmm. Then DDP put over his tape fist match at the pay per view against Duggan, and he wants his ring. Then uh, made me laugh when DDP went to check uh, Mean Gene's pockets on his suit jacket. Yes, he tries to frisk Mean Gene, and it's great. <laughs> and that's all the notes I have. Do you have any note, other notes about this nope. interview? Okay, no, then. that's it. All right, Diamond Dallas Page is your winner. Still to come, the Macho Man Randy Savage, Greg Valentine, the world title on the line, and the Horseman and Nate Man Tag. But right now, Diamond Dallas making his way to Mean Gene. Tony, now Dallas Page, don't run away. I think a couple of mysteries might have been solved here tonight. It's not exactly Perry Mason, but I've got a pretty good idea where that ring is. I'll tell you what, it's pretty obvious how jealous the people in WCW are about Diamond Dallas Page. Let me point out for the record, this coming Sunday at the Bash at the Beach, you're going to be facing Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And another stipulation as part of this Lord of the Ring match will be Tape Fist. Yeah, Tape Fist. I'm Tape his Fist. Tape his body, tape his mouth. Meet me at the bash, because what it all comes down to is DDP. If I catch me diamond cutter, it's over. But I don't care about that right now. I want my ring right now. Well, I don't have it. I don't know who does. Check your pockets. What do you mean? Hey, what check are you your doing? pockets. What are you doing? Trying oh, to press me? Pull your pockets. I'm not going to. Hey, don't do it. Stop that. Stop what? I'll get an attorney. I'm not going to put up with that. I don't have anything. Still to come on Monday Nitro, live from Washington, the Macho Man. Don't go away. Keep your hands off me, please.
We might as well go to our next match. Greg Valentine versus Randy Savage. And I'm surprised to see Greg Valentine in, in a major wrestling company in 1996. Oh, man, he sticks around for a long time. A lot longer than just 96. Crazy enough. And Macho's <laughs> wearing red and white tights with fringe and wearing a red and white stained face paint. And little kissies on his jacket. Yes. And Tony puts over Macho being crazy, especially since the Outsiders showed up last week with baseball bats. Yep. And Larry wonders if Savage's mind is at 100% for the pay-per-view. Right. Macho, when he walks by the VIP table, he hits all the food, drinks, and all down. I thought that was an added, nice added touch. Then <laughs> I'm also kicking to you for the, yeah, for the review. Right on. Uh, well, I wanted to ask you first your thoughts on you're the attire man. What's your thoughts on Hammer's attire of not wearing knee pads with his little short boots? I I guess yeah, like knee pads and such. I feel like are are uh, as a fan, I enjoy seeing. Well, I guess as a fan, I question why wrestlers don't wear knee pads because you know <laughs> because of what they do. I just makes me gets me concerned yeah. if I think about it too much on how well their knees will hold up years down the road right on good point yeah, i guess i just you know since they give us our you know, they give us their bodies night in and night out i want them to try to take care of themselves as best as they can and i feel like knee pads help help them as best as they can true so then yeah you, i would agree with you have you ever seen goonies no okay have you ever seen throw mama from the train no Oh, disappointing, man. All right, well, anyways, uh, Greg Valentine looks like the star of those movies, or one of the stars, I guess, from one of those movies, Anne Ramsey. Uh, she's an old lady, and I think I feel like she's kind of known for just being, like, ugly. I'll, I'm going to put a big picture of her up on the screen, and... Uh, you can you can tell me if you think this kind of looks like Greg Valentine. <laughs> Especially the facial expression, yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, for so for all the listeners, I and I think people have said this before, so I, I'm not like breaking ground, but yes, Greg Valentine looks like Anne Ramsey, noted old woman actress. <laughs> <laughs> I love the picture that you showed me how she had like an evil, like an angry scowl on her face. And and <laughs> Valentine always, his facial expression always looks like that old lady, always like cranky. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So, <laughs> okay, so Macho starts with a headlock. He's he's working it, but Hammer gets a drop toe hold. Um Macho's able to take it to him with a boot and elbow, um, and he takes him outside. He hits Hammer into the rail, but Hammer takes it back over and puts Macho into the rail. Um, you know, this match is just, it's very rushed yeah. because of what? You you say, why is it rushed? Because they want to get done with the match right before the hour two pyro goes off. Right, and you can tell, you're like, oh man, we got this um the minute clock comes up and I'm like oh we're headed towards the finish here even though they clearly aren't ready for it so 
you know, Hammer is still in control when they put up the minute clock. He's he's hitting uh, Macho with a gut buster. Um, Hammer hits him with a back suplex. And you can hear the, either the ref or some production person go, we got 35 seconds. We got 35 seconds. So Macho sprints up to his feet, runs up to the ropes, goes to the top, hits the elbow drop, and then we got the three, right as we go to hour two. Yeah, it makes me laugh that, yeah, yeah, Valentine hits Macho with the back suplex and took himself out and all that, and like I said before, that on the Brian and Vinny and Craig show on com, they reviewed this Nitro a few weeks back, and they all, it all, it made them laugh that they don't know who else other than Greg Valentine can take himself out delivering a back <laughs> suplex. Yes, he hits the he hits the back suplex, and then he's out for the rest of the match. <laughs> just made me laugh. Like, how do you knock yourself out by delivering a back suplex? But, well, you knock yourself out when you hear thirty-five seconds. Thirty-five seconds. Yes. It's a good thing they do not have a megaphone to say. 35 seconds, Beverly Hills. 35 seconds. That almost sounds exactly like how it did. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the winner is Mamacho, main Randy Savage. And I ready this match. One and one half star. I thought this was a 1987 WWF match that those two would have had. Maybe a WrestleMania 4 match for the tournament for the WWF title, but... I, I just like the uh, closing sequence, seeing Greg Valentine taking himself out with the back suplex. <laughs> I I only rated this two stars. Uh, it, it was good, but, man, it was rushed toward the end. Yeah. yeah. Eric Bischoff seems to ha- be happy welcoming us into hour two. Then we go to a commercial break, and we come back, and Bischoff is happy to be back. And took some yes, time to, took some time to thank everybody who showed him support for the powerbomb spot at the last pay per view. Then he has some uh, choice words for Kevin Nash. Yeah, he was saying that you know Nash being seven foot tall, he didn't impress anybody. You know, he didn't impress anybody by picking on somebody a lot smaller. Than who are you trying? Who, who are you trying to impress? Sting, Luger, Savage—they're not afraid of you. I'm just looking forward to July 7th. I was going to see what's your. I want to ask you ask you what your thoughts on Bischoff having a serious tone about that. Uh, it was good. It was solid. It showed that it, he's he is taking it seriously. Um, so the fanship, yep, which I, I enjoyed. And uh, Bischoff tells us that the new horseman will be there later. And uh, let's see. And then, then uh, there's a chance that we'll see them as a collective group. Duh, Bischoff, we'll see them as a collective group. <laughs> then Bobby vocalizes, yes, his, Bobby vocalizes his concern at the announcer's table. Yep, yep. He's, af- he's afraid that he's uh, concerned for everybody's security. And he's right to, he, to do that because what do we got next? Let's see. Oh, yeah. Then, then the fans pop. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. The fans pop. Then Bobby points to us to see Holland Nash coming down with sodas and popcorn and all that, <laughs> which made me laugh. And Nash showed the security guards that they bought tickets and the fans cheer. And I I love this next next point. Hall offered the security guards popcorn, and some fan grabbed some popcorn out of the bag. Yeah. 
I just, for me, it's all about the fact that we get three scared finger uh, instances in the in this uh, in this uh, little interstitial here. Yeah, I, I'm like, oh, they're here. They have fast food, but I sadly it's just popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Think of it. Is it looked it, amazing, like McDonald's bags. It was very strange. Is this the first time Hall and Ash were were named and also called the Outsiders? Yes, correct. Okay. Do Both you, of those. Okay, do you have any, any other uh, funny notes about, about this segment? Uh, nope. All right, welcome back, everybody, and we're coming to you live here on WCW Nitro on TNT. Eric Bischoff, Bobby the Brain Heating, glad to be back with you. And right off the bat, I want to take this opportunity to attend to some personal business. Uh, first of all, I am glad to be back, and I want to thank all the people that sent in cards and, and letters to show us support. Quite frankly, I didn't expect it, and it was overwhelming, and I do want to thank you. I also have something I'd like to say to the outsiders, especially you, Nash. I don't know what you were thinking. What are you, seven foot tall, 350 pounds? Who are you trying to impress? Because let me tell you something. I hope you impressed somebody. You didn't scare anybody. Sting isn't afraid of you. Lex Luger isn't afraid of you. And I know the macho man Randy Savage isn't afraid of you. And I got something else I want to tell you. We're all going to be there on July 7th, this Sunday. And I can't tell you how much I look forward to it. Just remember, you didn't scare anybody. And now, Brian, we got a lot of action coming up. We've got a great second hour coming your way. The WCW World Heavyweight Champion is here, the Giant, and Shivani Zabisco talked about it in the first hour. We know that the new four horsemen, the new improved four horsemen, are going to be here tonight. And this is the first time that we get a look at them collectively as a team within a match. What do you think? Well, normally I would look forward to seeing Steve Michaels involved with the horseman now that he's a horseman, to see how he operates on this side of the fence. But I can't get my head straight here, Eric. I'm still concerned. I know there's security over the place. They came with ball bats. I saw what they did to you. It's totally unnecessary, and I am concerned for my own well-being and for WCW, because I make my living here. We've got enough security. You don't need to worry about it. Bash at the Beach, July 7th. That's where it's going to get settled, inside of the ring where it's supposed to get settled. Not here at the broadcast booth, not out at a parking lot, inside of the ring. That's what the people want. That's what the people are going to get. Like I said, WCW is not backing down. We're going absolutely nowhere. We do, however, have... Eric. What? Oh, look over there. Wait a minute. Get them out of here. Uh, uh, get them out of here now. Again. I can't see if they got ball bats or It's what live television. There's really not a lot we can do about this. I don't know what they think they're going to do here tonight. I don't know who they think no. they're going to do it to. But like I said, they're not scaring anybody here. Save my partner, uh, Bobby the Brain. He and Bobby, sit down, man. You got enough security around here. We can line your pockets with gold. Nothing's going to happen to you. Trust me. Well, they didn't come here to eat popcorn and drink cokes. Well, that's what they've got. Yeah, what the heck are they doing? But that's a sham. I know it. They don't have tickets or anything. Get security out here and get them out of here. I want them out of here now. Get them out of here now. 
They haven't done anything wrong yet. But you know something's going to happen. It's a free country. Sit where you want to sit. Now, you really think, Eric, they're going to stay in their chairs? I don't, I don't think, think they so. have much choice. They're going to walk for a popcorn. I don't see a third man there. We got a lot of stuff going on here. It is live. It is Nitro. If you've been with us since May 27th, you've come to expect this kind of interruption. Well, let me tell you something. Luger's here. Sting's here. Savage is here. I only see two of them. I don't like him behind me. I don't like him behind me. They've got a plan. They didn't come here to whoop down popcorn and have a diet drink. They're here to do some damage to somebody. Probably us. We'll be back with our number two a Nitro right after this timeout. Okay. Then then uh, we go to a commercial break and we have another damn Glacier, glacier commercial. <laughs> I don't care. I don't want to see them. Then we have our next match for the night for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. John Tenta, the challenger, take on the Giant, who's the champion with his manager, Jimmy Hart. You got it. Yeah, Tenta's still got one side of his head shaved. Um, the guy behind National Hall is wearing a tied detergent hat, which <laughs> is very weird. I don't know where you get those. Uh, kind of want one, though. If, if, if anybody out there in, in internet land has a tied detergent hat sitting around, you throw them my way, man. I'll, I'll throw you some bones for it. And uh, um, you, you talked about uh, Tenta's, you know, still having had half his skullet shaved off wouldn't it be a pain to keep half the skullet to keep shaving it only half of it yeah for like four weeks yes it would have sucked i don't know just something um, i want to take note of but i can let you let you uh, take over for the match no i i would agree with you it's it would be one you know you obviously have to walk around with it and whatnot and that would suck um so we start with some shoving and some chapping between these two behemoths. Nobody's going down. Uh, Tentus then resorts some clubbing blows, but uh, as he goes into the corner, Giant comes out and hits a clothesline on him. And we get a long <laughs> uh, segment of Giant in control. He's choking Tenta in the corner. Um, he hits a slam that I thought looked pretty well, pretty well done. Um, Giant continues to work on Tenta. It's, it's getting slow, kind of getting here plotting. Um, Giant even does what I like to call a booty boop, where <laughs> Tenta's in the corner and Giant slams his butt into him, which I've always, I've always just found that to be a weird uh, move, and not even just because, like, I'm a man's man or whatever. I just don't know if that's the best way to hurt somebody is just slamming your butt into their stomach. Yeah, but I feel like wouldn't, wouldn't a punch hurt more? It w- would, but that move always makes me laugh because when I used to play WCW versus NW World or Revenge on the Nintendo 64, that's one move I loved doing with the giant was the butt, butt bump in the corner. So it's <laughs> fu- funny for me to see that actually play play on, on screen during an actual giant match. Awesome. Awesome. Um, <laughs> that's cool. I've never, I've played that just a few times when my cousins brought it to like Christmas 
gatherings uh, outside the only WCW games that I've ever played is WC Ni- WCW Nitro on the PC. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> so, but it was fun. Something I'm surprised you didn't mention earlier that I took note that the giant was giant body slammed uh, Tento, which I was huh? extremely yeah, surprised. Yeah, I said that. Oh, did you? I, I missed that. Yeah. I apologize. I must. That's okay. No, no, no. I must I'm been, sorry. No must, problem. I must have been trying to read through my notes to try to you know, follow through with you. But yeah, I was surprised at that. And the announcers sold it, and that was great. Yeah, show, show to me, it showed how what kind of scary strength the giant had. They see well pick up a. Giant man like Tenta and body slam him. Right on. <laughs> right on. It, it looks good. It looks that one looked really good. So after the after the booty boops, uh Giant charged in on Tenta and Tenta got a boot up, then a clothesline and a middle rope clothesline. He's really we- wobbling, really well, wobbling. During, during this I wrote down the Tenta sharks up. He did shark up, yes. <laughs> And uh, and then he finally took him out with, you know, he's thrown this probably every week, but this is by far the best looking drop kick that Tent has thrown. He gets way more than the usual, like twelve inches off the ground. Is able to hit him kind of dead center in the uh, chest region and uh, takes him out. It looked really really good. Um, Jimmy Hart got got up on the uh, apron. And uh, Tenta knocked him down, uh, and the rest of the dungeon comes down. Sullivan and Bubba too, uh, able to distract Tenta here, allowing Giant to hit a kick <laughs> that Bishop calls a background kick, uh, <laughs> and finally the choke slam for the three. The winner is the Giant, and he's still a reigning, reigning and defending. WCW World Heavyweight Champion. And I had to give <laughs> yeah. this match two stars from Beverly Hills. It was what I expected it to be. <laughs> I, get, I star in three quarter. I would say, yeah, you got to have your expectations in the right spot for uh, a 10 to giant match. And I would agree with you. And, you know, just, you know, kind of going over, looking through my notes and hearing you talk about the finish, it made me think about our discussion a few weeks back about, about how I talked to you about talked to you during the thrilling conclusion i think two weeks back about but no f- finish maneuvers nowadays you know ha- having to be hit more than once to finish the match and i don't nowadays it's like you know with cena matches he, he's been hitting one aa and the match is over now, it seems like right. that, you know that things are or the wwe is trying to uh like what you mentioned kind of re reteach their fans that should only take one finish maneuver most of the time to finish the match Right, which is something you know, something I've been saying over and over on the podcast that I greatly enjoy. I'm happy that you know WWE start, you know starting to slowly move back to that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Bubba came down with, yeah, with some clippers and shaved off half of John Tenta's beard. <laughs> and I mean, again, what the hell? Tenta's clearly in this a lot for a lot more than Bubba. Bubba got like two hairs clipped off his goatee. Freaking here we got Tenta. Not only has he committed to shaving half his head for a month, now he lets him shave half his beard. <laughs> Tenta is truly an angel. Yes. Looking down from the heavens, shining gold to us. A great fellow. 
I guess one can say John Tenta is not a shark, he's not an animal, he's not a man, he's an angel. Yes, he is. Then we go to Mean Gene, who's with Jimmy Hart, Kevin Sullivan, the giant in Big Bubba, ramp side. Uh, Jimmy Hart put over that the horseman yes. will face, or, or, uh, put over the, what the horseman will face, you know, the giant and Sullivan at the pay-per-view, and or the horseman will face pretty much the same thing that the shark, the shark just faced, embarrassment. Then Bubba said that uh, he doesn't he doesn't plan on being a barber, but puts over his silver dollars match on the silver silver dollars on a pole match at, at the bash. Whoop de do! Really excited for that. And the giant starts to talk in Mr. Beverly Hills. What's your notes about what the giant has to say during this promo? Tenta, you made your first fatal mistake when you crossed the Dungeon of Doom. Bubba will shave your entire body. And I'm like, what? He's you're gonna shave his entire body? Like, I don't want to be there for that. That's that's not a sight I want to see or to happen. And then he goes, Taskmaster, you made a mistake to trust the horseman because you should never trust a horse. Okay. <laughs> In, in my notes, I wrote down, yeah, Giant said never trust a horse, and I'm happy you, <laughs> I'm happy you took more notes about that because I don't, I, I didn't take note of why Giant said never trust a horse. Never trust a horse. I'm like, what? This is the, it's going down an insane route, and I'm so happy it just kept going that way. Because then he goes, I have the world title. I always will. You're coming to Daytona Beach, our home turf. And I'm like, okay, Dungeon of Doom. You are presented as if you're, like, from hell. But (laughs) the Daytona Beach is your home turf. And then he goes, I promise (laughs) you will come in as four, but you're going to be leaving as four geldings. And I'm like, oh, gross, they're going to chop their nuts off? Like, why is this? going to be the outcome of this match oh giant you you make us laugh all right you 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 can do the taskmaster part but when giant comes back on i'm gonna take over what happens in baltimore stays in baltimore because (laughs) i don't have any other notes other than what happens in baltimore yeah he's like he's like and I really wanted you to say what he said because you know the first thing he said, Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit. <laughs> On Anderson. On Anderson. Yep. And then he just he didn't say much because I think he was supposed to be like looking at the because oh, yeah, uh, outsiders because he seemed uh, distracted. Yeah, off camera. Yeah, but Gene says that tent is getting up and that's why he left but then giant he can't even handle ending this promo like that so he grabs the mic again and i'm like yes because giant is a mess in this promo and i'm just loving it more and more because now he goes benoit you want the task the fire burning in his soul is too hot to handle if you think the Taskmaster's the weak link, you're wrong. <laughs> and I just said, this was a mess, but it was an amazing mess. 
Let's go to Gene Oakland. He's standing by. Take it, Gino. All right, very busy evening. Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan joining me. Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan, Big Bubba, and the 470-some-odd-pound, six-foot-four-inch champion, the giant Jimmy Hart. What a night it has been. Bash at the Beach coming up Sunday live from Daytona. Mean Gene at the Bash at the Beach. Chris Benoit and Aaron Anderson, the four horsemen. That's just an example of what's going to happen to you. Before we get to, to that, I want to talk to this man, Big Bubba. You've been at it again. You're not a barber by any stretch of the imagination. Don't plan to be. How much humiliation can one man take? You got a half a beard to go with that half a head of your hair of yours. Two weeks ago, I took some nickels. I put them in a sock. I busted you with an inch of your life. Well, at the Bachelor Beach, the stakes are going to be a little higher. Seven dollars on top of pole. First one to get to them gets to use them. I'm going to hurt you at the Bash at the Beach, punk. Carson City Silver Dollar match coming up this Sunday. Also, in tag team action, the heavyweight champ, the giant, and you, Kevin Sullivan, to team up. I hope you're not preoccupied with something else that's going on in this arena. You're going to be facing Arn Anderson and Chris Benoit. If the horsemen win next Monday, they'll face him. Plus a couple of other stipulations I should point out. Let me see this. First of all, John Tenna, your first fatal mistake was leaving the Dungeon of Doom. Don't ever cross the Dungeon of Doom! Or the joke slam is the price you'll have to pay. And Big Bubba's going to shave your entire body. First of all, the next thing I want to address is the four horsemen. The problem, Taskmaster, I told you, never trust a horse. Horsemen are jealous. They want to be elite. I have the world title. I always will. It's a legacy. They want the belt. They're coming to Florida. Daytona Beach. Our home turf. Horsemen. You might come in as four. I promise you, you're going to leave as four buildings. All right, uh, that's a little strong. Kevin Sullivan, no disqualification. There must be a winner. No count outs. None of that in store. You know, all I can say right now, Gene, Chris Benoit, Aaron Anderson, what happened to me? In Baltimore, when we fought all through the building. I'll get with you guys, and you'll see. Don't worry about Tenta Tenta's getting back on his feet. What do you want to do? Wait a minute, they're just walking off, leaving me. Another point, Benoit. I just heard the Taskmaster. You want a piece of the Taskmaster? That's your problem. The fire burning in his soul is something that you can't stand the heat of. You think the Taskmaster's the weak link? You're wrong! All right, the emotions are running very high. We're inside a week next Sunday live from Daytona Beach, 7 o'clock Eastern Time on pay-per-view, The Bash at the Beach. And stay tuned as Monday Nitro continues live from Landover, Maryland, here on TNT. Don't go away. Yes, amazing mess. And Bishop puts over what we'll see on WCW Saturday night, 6.05 p.m. on TBS Eastern. Then we go to a Mysterio video package. Yep. And it, yeah, 
I really liked his WWW theme song because the video package was put to his WWW theme song. Yes, it was. Showed off some, uh, showed off some amazing moves and that Mr. Stereo can do. And then uh, looked like it was pretty much a highlight package from his match at the Great American Bash that we reviewed. Then right. Bischoff told the production dudes to stop the tape because Nash and Hall started to make their way to the announcers both. Yep, and Nash has a mic. Yeah, then yeah, Nash has a mic and Hall was walking. Yeah, both of them were walking through the crowd and, and he said that you know they are stopping the show early. Yep, we're taking over early. Then uh, see, then Bobby want, Bobby wanted to run off, but Bishop Prince told him to stay, but because they got enough security to hold them off. Mm-hmm. Luger, Sinning, Savage ran down and Nash yells out, "Oh, the clowns! Look at the clowns!" <laughs> yep. Made me laugh too. Then. Yeah, Bobby puts over the third man, not knowing who he is, and, and was trying to look around for, for the third man. Then Nash yells out, Is this the best you got? Is this the best you got? Yeah. Made me laugh a little bit. Right on. Then it came, and this came across as a, like an actual invasion, like an actual fight, and this is something that so far the first few weeks of, you know, started out with Scott Hall, you know, inter, you know, coming through, you know, coming down, interrupting on Memorial Day, nineteen ninety six. I've been enjoying that, for the most part. How well Nash and Hall, you know, been seemingly like like they're actually invading the show. Yeah, I I don't think you do, you're giving this justice of how great this was. Um, when they get up to the ramp and the security. Uh, are holding them back, and Nash even drops the F-bomb, and it's still uncensored, weirdly, 20 years later, even through the um, the editing process of WWE getting a hold of it, but he still says, get the fuck off. Uh, and then when all the WC guy, WCW guys come out, not just Sting, Luger, and Macho, but we got Big Bubba, we got the Giant, we got DDP, the Steiners, um, you know, and it like you said, it's presented as a real invasion that these guys are going to work together to push them out. And, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, Hall and Nash do come across well, just as, you know, this would get too much in the, in the coming years, but at this first juncture where they're coming across as kind of too cool for school, uh, with, you know, the look at the clowns, um, as they're getting pushed down, Nash is chanting Attica from Dog Day Afternoon in the 70s. Uh, yeah, and I thought the real star of this was Savage. Yeah. I think I think Savage is really playing his role perfectly as this unhinged grandpa, and uh, he's really their ace right now. He's just knocking it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Um Day in and day out here. Then we get a Diesel chant, and Bishop Bench is out there chanting for Bobby. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were chanting Diesel too, so I'm glad you agreed with me. And I feel like that was trying you know, try to uh, attempt at a good save by Bischoff. Yes, uh, I would. I would agree. I would agree. Even though it's clear they were chanting Diesel, I think it was a good save. It was a good save. Then uh, Bobby puts over that the outsiders were thrown on, or you know, were being thrown out, but they still don't know who the third man is. Right. Hold, 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 hold. Stop this. Stop this thing right now. Stop this tape. Stop tape. Get security. Is this on? 
foot now. Looks like we're taking over a little early. <laughs> hey, look. Hey, look. Big man. Donnie Osmond's back. He's back. Hey, Bischoff, you get a couple frequent flyer miles for that last ride there. Oh, that's good. That's real good. Eric, let's get out of here. Oh, my God. Hey, get him out of here. at the beach. Randy Savage has just come back out here. Well, he's he's trying to follow. Uh, he's not. You know that. Savage is trying to follow them, and I don't know what we could get on camera here. Things a little bit out of control, to say the very least. You know, one thing I wish everybody would keep in mind right here, July 7th is not that far away. These guys want to do it, like I said earlier in the hour, do it in the ring. You're not going to do it out here, not with all these people out here, not on the floor, not with all the police. It ain't going to happen, folks. Not with ball bats or whatever they, they think they can use. Forget it. You know, I've never seen people band together like this. All right, I'll tell you what. The macho man Randy Savage, you know, everybody thought that Flair drove him nuts. Everybody thought that Flair rubbing his nose in the fact that he's spending all his money. I got news for you, folks. That is nothing compared to what's going on right there, right now. The Macho Man Randy Savage, Sting, Luger, and company are looking forward to the seventh. And frankly, Brain, so am I. And unfortunately, well, I don't mean to cut you off. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. Hopefully, we'll be able get to out of here. settle this thing down. Let Tony Larry come back up here. Then we get a commercial break. Then we come back with Mean Gene, who's backstage in the locker room with Hacksaw Jim Duggan, because he beats people up. <laughs> I thought this was so strange and out of place. 
we just got this huge angle with them, you know, really nearly coming to blows with the Outsiders. They're kicked out to, um, they're kicked out of the building. We got the big confrontation. What do we come back with? Heck, saw Jim Duggan. I'm like, really? Hacksaw Jim Duggan is what we're coming back with? And they offer no, like, talk about what just happened, because I bet this was pre-taped. You know, this was just a poor, poor decision. Yeah, then Duggan said that uh, he found the rain when he was pooping, lying on the ground. Yes, right. Then Duggan said... Going on the toilet! Duggan said that he's wearing a, he wears a man's ring, and he, he <laughs> could barely wear the battle ball ring on his pinky, putting it over the DDP as... <laughs> Where's a woman's ring? <laughs> yes. Then uh, Duggan kind of puts over his Tate Fist match against Paige at the pay-per-view. The DDP runs in and called uh, Duggan a liar and a thief. Duggan <laughs> threw, threw the ring on the floor to give it back to Paige, and Paige, you know, you know, bent over to pick the ring back up. And at that time, <laughs> Duggan rolled, uh, pulled out a tape out of his trunks and taped up his <laughs> fist and decked Paige when he... Uh, got back up and I did didn't know that Jim Duggan is a cheap shot artist gorilla. I know. You know I uh, Okay. I have so many questions. Okay. What are How them? is Jim Duggan the good guy here? To me, like I said, I feel like the uh Jim Duggan came across as a heel in this promo because yeah he yeah, found DDP's ring. Said, you know, implied that DDP wears women's rings because yep. his fingers are a lot thinner than his own. His own, and yep, the jerk, right? That's that's that part. He's a jerk. Then, well, two, he found it when he was pooping. So, whatever. <laughs> right. and, and then you know, then he gave it back to DDP when DDP stormed in and just threw it on the floor to make him get it. Then you know, four, when DDP was bending over to get it. You know, Jim Duggan had to tape off his tape off his fist because he doesn't have William Re- William Regal's power of the punch, and he decked DDP when he stood up. Not DDP wasn't expecting a cheap shot or anything. How like I agree with you, Jim Duggan came across as the bad guy, the villain during this promo. Yep, big time. So that was my that was my first one. That was my first question. I would completely agree with you. He comes out. Uh, he comes out as a. Uh, as a villain here. Second question, why, and I know people have discussed this ad nauseum on different podcasts. I, I know it, but we can too. Why does nut tape knock people out? I, <laughs> I never heard anybody call it nut tape before. <laughs> Maybe might be because of the stench of the sweat, oh, sweaty Lord. nuts. Oh my God, he has nut sweat on the on the tape, yeah. and that's what knocks people off. Yeah. Oh my Lord, because of the uh, because of the stench. I think we finally found out why Duggan's tape knocked people off. Oh my God, we've caught we've cracked the code. It's just a regular punch combined with nut sweat. Disgusting. Yes, that is totally, totally disgusting. Do you have any other notes for this for this promo, Mr. Beverly Hills? I do not. 
Welcome back, everybody, to WCW Monday Nitro. We are live. We're just outside of Washington, D.C. and Landover, Maryland. The number one wrestling television program in all of cable. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, wait come on in if you would. Please, please, yes. Excuse me for interrupting you, but old Hacksaw, I just went back to the toilet to relieve myself. I'm looking down on the ground, and lo and behold, look what I whoa, found. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. That's that, that... King of the ring. I understand DDP is out here whining and crying that somebody stole his ring. Obviously, you could tell that I wouldn't steal his ring because I wear a man-sized ring. You not the bomb that in the men's room? Well, yes, so I probably did. There. You know, right he there thought somebody floor. stole it. Stole it. Who would want this little feminine piece of metal wrapped around their finger? Not Hacksaw Jim Bud Duggan, but being the ex-Boy Scout that I am, I come here to Eugene to show you that I'll bring this back. I'll give it to DDP if he wants it. All right, let me point out for the record, this coming Sunday night live from Daytona, exclusively right on pay-per-view. If found it in the men's room. Well, yes. I was right back You're going to be me, facing... Gene. Go ahead. Me. I'm going to be fair, right? I'm going to be facing big old DDP at Bash at the Beach and a tape this match. Sometimes makes me wonder if this ring's a little too tight around his finger. You're not thinking right, Paige. You're getting the ring with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Not that I'm no great technical Wait a minute. Get him out of here. Thief! Thief! I told you someone stole it! You thief! You can't beat me for the ring, hey! you had to steal hey! it! Who do you think you're talking to? You don't call me a thief! You don't call me a liar! You don't call hey, me a guys. cheat! I don't want to get you in the middle of this. You want this back, you take this thing get back if you want. I like to give it no, back to no, no, Hey, not in here. Want this piece Save it for right Sunday night. Take a walk, baby. Look at there. Diamond Dallas down on the floor, picking it up. Oh, you're so Oh, no! no. You gotta be kidding me! Beach. Tough guy! Stop I it! I want that ring anyway! Totally uncalled I don't know how this thing got this far out of whack here, but Hacksaw Jim Duggan has just leveled Diamond Dallas Page. He nailed him with a tape fist. That's gonna be part of the action at the Bash at the Beach. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to have to... Everybody needs security in this place tonight. Right now, let's get you back inside the U.S. Air Arena. Okay, then we might as well talk about and talk about what's coming up next. Then we go back to the arena and we get the main event of the match. And I have to open up my Mountain Dew... Not my Mountain Dew. My Dusty Rose inspired main event status, Mellow Yellow, for this match, Mr. Beverly Hills. Right on, man. I've been waiting all week to talk to you about this match. As I alluded to at the beginning of the podcast, I absolutely loved this match. This match entail, or includes the Rocky Roll Express, Joe Gomez, Go, Joe Gomez, and the Renegade take on the Horsemen, as in Art Anderson, Ric Flair, Mongo McMichael, and Chris Benoit, <laughs> who's, who's been accompanied with Liz, Deborah, and Woman. Yes. And I, I have a question for you about, about this, Mr. Beverly Hills. All right, hit me with it, man. Does, does having Mongo being a former Super Bowl champion legitimize the horseman, in your opinion? Um, hmm. Or, you know, I have, I have a couple of feelings about that. Um, my first feeling is that I don't, I think the horseman name legitimizes itself, but I think... It, Although Mongo is, you know, kind of a piece of crap worker, it the fact that he has this pedigree, Super Bowl champion, 
um, all pro linemen, everything like that, 15 years of the NFL, it certainly doesn't hurt. And, you know, he, he's probably no better than in 1992 when they added Paul Roma, right? But the fact is, Mongo being a Super Bowl champion, all the accolades that I had, he comes across a lot better than, say, like a pro, Paul Roma type guy. Yeah, because to me, you know, not being a, you know, being a pro wrestling bubble, that I feel like adding Mongo brings in a, some more outside credentials to the Four Horsemen. You know, right. like you said, being a Super Bowl champion, you know, being you know, in the NFL for, you know, 15 years before, and like I said, you know, said, you know from Flair's podcast that Mongo didn't need the money and all that. He wanted to be a pro wrestler, you know, just because he had the desire to it. I feel like adding Mongo, you know, gave the horseman some outside credentials and all that, having have him in and you brought up Paul Roma. I feel like, granted, granted, like you said, Mongo is a crappy wrestler at best. I feel like Mongo is a better horseman than Paul Roma. Oh, God, yes. Yes, 100,000%. Then we go to commercial break once the ladies got into the apron. Then we come back and all that. And I don't remember which team came out first, but... I don't think it really really matters much, but I'll kick it to you to to uh, review the match. You know, I told you I took absolutely one note on this match is the finish. Okay, then. I just thought this was an extended squash match, so okay. I guess I, I took some notes, so I guess I'll take this for the match, and I can let you it, let, let you jump in when needed. Um, Arn Anderson and Ricky Morton start out the match, and Arn had the game the early advantage right away. Ricky turned it around rather quick. Then all eight men got into the radio and started to brawl and all that. Then moments later, Flair became the legal man somehow, which I didn't catch. And uh, him and Ricky Morton, then, yeah, Ricky Morton uh, was still the legal man. And after things smoothed out, smoothed things out, then Flair chopped Morton in the corner. That sounded absolutely beautiful and painful at the same time. And <laughs> I was, I was going to ask during the giant match, but I'll ask this now. How, you know, Flair and Giants chops looked absolutely painful, and I don't know who, yes, who else in the wrestling business had chops that looked like they absolutely hurt and sounded painful. Oh, okay. God, this is a good one. This is a really good one. Um, William Regal's chops always look really good. Um, Chris Benoit, <laughs> his chops look, always have looked really good. Um... What do you think? Yeah, what else do you- I, I totally agree with you on those guys. I guess I kind of spaced off about Chris Benoit's chops. But, <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, like big guys like Giant, you know, would hurt a lot, you know, since they have a little extra strength and a little bit more weight to their fist than any other, you know, normal human beings. But then, yeah, the... And uh, min- the, as I said, the Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express hits a double drop kick to Ric Flair, the Dirty Dog's favorite double team uh, finisher. Yes. Then uh, Gibson hits an uh, insiguri to Anderson later on in the match. Then Double A tags in Benoit, so we see a Chris, but Chris Benoit versus uh, <laughs> Robert Gibson match. Then for a little bit, then uh, later on, uh, Gibson tagged in the Renegade. Then uh, then Benoit chops in a little bit, which hurts, and I don't blame Benoit one bit for chopping the Renegade. 
Then the horseman, then uh, well, yeah, then Benoit got Gibson in the, the horseman corner and kicked him a lot of times, and Flair got tagged in. Then Renegade stole the chop greatly from Ric Flair, slow, uh, falling slowly to his back, which good for the Renegade. There's something he finally did something great in his uh, professional <laughs> wrestling career. <laughs> and, oh, the, yeah, man, the Renegade was. And Go, uh, Gomez got tagged in and faced Flair. Flair thumbed him in the eyes when he had the chance to gain the advantage. And once did, Flair tagged in Benoit, which, ooh, I I really want to see a Benoit versus Joe Gomez squash match a lot. <laughs> uh, the announcers put over how Benoit goes crazy at times in the ring, showing off what he'll do as a horseman, which I, well, I've said it before that I enjoy when the announcers put wrestlers over like that. Then, uh, Mongo finally got tagged in and did a huge smash against Gomez's back with his forearm, so a forearm smash, and Bobby laughs at it. Uh, Mongo beat him up a few times, then taped in Flair, which, for some reason I wrote down, got some booze. I don't know why. Because <laughs> uh, they love Flair. Yes. And Flair hit a knee drop, did a little more, then tagged in Arn Anderson. Moments later, Gomez hit a sunset flip, and Morton came in to help him out with that. Uh, then moments after that, uh, Arn Anderson hit a beautiful spinebuster Gomez, and the Rock and Roll Express ran in to break up the pin attempt. Hey, have we taken note of Arn Anderson's attire yet? This match? No, we don't. I did not take. I did not take note of what Double A wore, but what did he wear, Mister Beverly? Oh my Jones? gosh, he was wearing. His famous boots, you know, where the insides are one color and the foot and the heel are different, but they were black and gold this week. <laughs> Old double A. Oh my gosh, they looked great. They were so cool. Uh, let's see then. Yeah, then ben- Benoit got tagged in and started to uh, chop Gomez and bent down after Irish whip and almost and uh, Gomez almost pinned Benoit, which pissed Benoit off and Benoit punched him a few times. Uh, that looked uh, a few times after that and looked pretty stiff. Right on. Uh, Flair, sure was. <laughs> Flair, Flair got tagged in and was able to uh, get a spinning toehold on Gomez, and Gomez transitioned it into a pin attempt. And I guess I, I, I enjoy seeing pin attempts being tra- or uh, submission holds being transitioned to pin attempts, like we see here with Joe Gomez transitioning a. Uh, Spinning to a hold slash early stages of the figure four into a small cradle. And we saw that at Night of Champions when uh, Seth Rollins turned uh, the Scorpion Deathlock into a small package. Yeah, right on. That was cool. I guess I, I like the smooth transitions like that. Then, uh, then, you know, something I enjoyed in this match was the quick takes from the horsemen keeping each other fresh and trying to keep in their opponents like Gomez, for instance. Then uh, Mongo got taken back in and hit an okay-looking power slam and a, and a running elbow drop. Okay. Then uh, uh, might as well talk about the finish. Gomez tagged in the Renegade and Flair bumped oh. in, bumped into the, his corner and out of the ring. Then oh. Renegade Renegade seemed to uh, fire up some and started to uh, re- I guess uh, Renegade up a little bit. Oh. And Ren- Renegade went up to the top and. Jumped off and Mongo <laughs> tried to oh throw God. his briefcase and and all oh. that because it looked like uh, Renegade jumped off a little too early and was supposed to wait until Mongo hit him with the briefcase, but jumped a little early and so Mongo tried to save it by throwing his briefcase oh. at him. Oh my God! 
Oh, this was so bad. This is the worst finish ever. Because I want to say also, like, Mongo, I don't know if he, like, he tried to hit him and it, like, slipped. And yeah, oh, God, Renegade jumped. Oh, it was so bad. Oh, so bad. So he just ducks it into the ring. Like I said, I don't know if Renegade jumped too early or Mongo was too slow. But it looked like the spot was supposed to be Renegade was up on top that Mongo was supposed to hit him in the back of the briefcase. But one of the two, you know, Renegade jumped too early or Mongo was just too slow. So Mongo tried to save it by throwing the briefcase at him in midair. But maybe <laughs> it looked like he connected. But anyway, then, yeah. Uh, so bad. Renegade did a, like a head dive and Flutter slept on their figure four. And the Renegade submitted. So the winners are the Horsemen. And Mr. Beverly Hills, I know I rated this match a hell of a lot higher than you, but I'll say it anyway. I rated this match three and one four stars. Oh my gosh. This was just a squash for me, although it does feature four of probably the best um, workers in the company. So it is, a, it is for me, a two and a half star match. I was, you thinking, know, I... I was thinking at least five good stars with Flair, Anderson, Benoit, and, and the Rock and Roll Express. Yes, exactly. And even, you know, even though they're getting late in their careers and, you know, the the late in their usefulness, I guess, for lack of a better term, they're still, you know, one of the very greatest tag teams of all time and they can really make it work. So, I mean, six out of the eight guys in the match are really good. Obviously, awful finish. Or, sorry, not, yeah, five. You're right, five, my bad. Not Mongo. Yeah. Yeah, five of the of the workers in the match are really good. Um, really bad finish, but uh, a lot of it was good. And a lot of it is uh, the three, three of the ho- four horsemen uh, doing all their moves and looking really good. Yeah, so right. I felt like the horsemen keeping out Mongo as long as possible was for the best. And Oh yeah. yeah. They did a lot of quick takes to keep each other fresh and kept their opponents out on the apron. And uh, I felt like the ending, the ending brawl made me laugh seeing the renegade Mongo spot being blown. Oh, jeez. Yeah, like I said, either Renegade jumping too soon or Mongo being too slow. Either way, I found it funny and laughed yeah. my butt off. And the announcers put over that this is that how Mongo barely broke a sweat and this only being his second wrestling match. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, Gene is stage side with the Horseman and Mongo so that he doesn't care about the, about the Bears, that now his team is the Horseman and he'll do what he needs to make to see his team win. Right, and I like that line. I like that line a lot because you know it's him being a heel, saying you know I don't I don't care about Chicago, I don't care about the Bears, I don't care about Mike Ditka. Loved that, loved that a lot. And uh, yeah, I like the Horseman is my team. I, that's good. That's good. Anderson said that a Horseman are hand picked and hand selected, and the heads will roll. Okay. Rock on, then rock Flair- on, heads will roll. Flair cut a promo on Conan and said he'll he'll win the U.S. title one more time. Woo! At the Bash at the Beach. And I mean, obviously Flair's the man, but where in where in where oh where oh where did that match come out of? Well, yeah, because I don't. Why is Flair challenging Conan for the uh, U.S. US title? Yeah, because. Yeah, we've seen, you know, Flair kind of alluded to it, you know, this promo and a promo, I think, the week before. And we haven't seen Conan on Nitro since the Great American Bash. Where he faced El Gato. Yeah, so I don't know where 
This match is coming from either end. If I remember correctly, from Hell of a Deal with MSL and Kevin Sullivan, they wanted, Sully wanted to give Flair a match somewhere in the in the card, and I guess wanted to give him the U.S. title, even though Flair, Sonic was against getting the U.S. title, because he felt, Flair felt like he was better than the U.S. title and really didn't want to take a step down for the U.S. Okay. title. Okay. Uh, and yeah, Flair wasn't really that high on Conan either back in the day, but that's we'll, we'll talk about that in the next episode. Okay. And I, I really enjoyed this promo a lot, seeing how crazy the, the wrestlers are. And like you said, Mongo seemed great with his one line, and Double-A you know, always delivers greatly on the microphone. Oh, yeah. And Flair being crazy is always golden. Oh, my gosh. I Crazy Flair is... I you know I I didn't I missed a lot of this time of Flair. Um, I've watched a lot from his eighties to ni- early nineties run, and when I was watching it real time, I saw a lot of his kind of ninety eight to present run. Um, but this ninety six right now, he is awesome. He's just tremendous. Nitro takes a commercial break and come back and Bischoff mentions that everybody is talking about the bash at the beach. Stan Luger and Savage are all ready for the bash main event and will beat the Outsiders and whoever their third man is. Yes. Bobby puts over how everybody got together and he he has to know who the third man is. You know, <laughs> I, I love Bobby pondering who the third man is and keep hitting, hitting home who the third man is. <laughs> and Bischoff wonders why they won't Tell us who the third man is. Right. Then uh, then, then Bischoff got word through his headset that there's some more uh, shenanigans going on backstage and threw, you know, threw off his headset in disgust because Hall and Nash are backstage causing more drama. Then we go backstage with, you know, see what's going on. And the security brought Hall and Nash to their car. And, and uh, Nash was getting after them about, you know, him having bad knees back in 96 to quit uh, hurrying him into his car. Then... Even Nash even offered to buy them donuts. <laughs> Which makes me laugh too. Do you have do you have any notes notes about uh this final sequence at all? I do not, though uh well I guess I do. <laughs> uh well done and uh I'm excited for the Great American or the Bash of the Beach. I'm excited for the Bash of the Beach. Uh I am too. I'm excited for the Bash at the Beach. And All right. Gino Colin is standing by. Take it, Gino. All right, Eric. First of all, I want to get to you, Steve Mongo McMichael. And I, I'll talk to everybody here. If Mike Ditka would have seen what you did here tonight, he wouldn't be proud of you. I don't care about Ditka. I don't care about Chicago. This is my team now, baby. And I will do whatever it takes for us to win at every level. All right, Chris Benoit, Arn Anderson, gentlemen, I want to get the two of you in here. Coming up this Sunday in Daytona and also available on pay-per-view, the two of you are going to be facing the giant and the taskmaster, Jimmy Hart in the corner. If the horsemen win, then one week from tonight, you will face the giant with the WCW heavyweight title on the line. No disqualification, no count out. Uh, it, it is going to be a must-win situation. Sullivan. Obviously, the voice of experience hasn't spoken loud enough. I just didn't be you quite enough last time. As for the giant, well, the gold's coming back to where it belongs. 
Arn Anderson, uh, this man I've never seen, you've got him cranked up. Maybe Sullivan got him cranked up. Who knows who lit the fire in Chris Benoit's belly? But the fact is, we're going to reap the windfall. The four horsemen are hand-picked and hand-selected. I said when we got back to full strength, heads were going to roll. You start taking a body count effective right now. That is a pretty strong statement from one of the original horsemen now. Ric Flair, Conan, the U.S. title. It would just be adding to the hardware that belonged to the horsemen. Conan! Whether you like it or you don't like it, brother, the nature boy becomes the U.S. champion one more time. And then, oh, nasty little devil and old big giant, you got a face. Double A and the Crippler. You know what a girl the other night told me about three in the morning? What was that? she kissed the Crippler on the cheek. She said, silent, but deadly. <laughs> in other words, he runs silent, baby, and he runs deep. And Giant, you want to jump on this with a Taskmaster? then be there, because the party, as we say, will go all night long. Ladies, are, are you going to be in Daytona? I would assume Elizabeth, you will be there spending money. Absolutely. I wouldn't miss it. You know that. Picking up the limo. Deborah. Sure, definitely. And, you know, again, we have another party next weekend on the yacht. You know, Gene, you had a great time last weekend. Uh, I was a... Uh, was a let's not talk <laughs> about that. Thank you, woman. Me, Gene, you got a Rolls, a Bentley... And a Mercedes 600. Circle the wagons! Woo! And hold it all blue! I think I've lost control, woman. You think what? I think I've lost control. I believe you have. Maybe lost control with me. Please. Stay tuned. We've got more WCW. Micro. A little tough to compete with this guy. This portion of WCW Monday Nitro is brought to you by Slim Jim. When you need a little excitement, snap into a beefy, spicy Slim Jim. All right, welcome back, and we are live. Coming to you from Landover. Heck of a broadcast tonight. You're going to look at the WCW World Heavyweight Champion, the Giant. Everybody talking about this weekend, Bash at the Beach, the Macho Man Randy Savage. He's out of his mind. Sting, Luger are chomping at the bit. Another interruption here. These guys are bound and determined to try to do it here tonight. And I'll tell you what, this isn't the place for it. The time for talking, the time for interrupting, it's all over with, man. It's July 7th. It's the bash at the beach. It's time to put up or shut up and go away. It's that simple. You know what amazed me? How everybody just got together. How the tempers are flaring back there. I'll tell you... They don't want it to happen out here tonight. They want it to happen at the Batch at the Beach. But, Eric, I've got to know. If someone can call me or let me know this week, I've got to know who that third man is. Well, Why can't we know it? We've talked about that before. I think it's, it's, it's simple cowardice on their part. They know who we're putting up. We put up, and they shut up. They, they just did not want to let it. Now, I want to know why. There's got to be a reason why. And we're going to find out that reason. We're going to find who this person is. 
Well, this is Coming war. This Sunday. Be all you can be. Yeah, There'll be, be no dear be. John letters. There'll hold, be no hold, prisoners. Hold, 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 hold it, Eden. Hold it. We, it's going on again backstage. Doc. I don't know. You know that I feel like, you know, what we talked about it earlier with the start of hour two with Bishop Stone, you know, being serious and all that, you know, saying, you know, and I actually didn't impress anybody by picking on somebody a lot smaller than you and putting me through a table. Then I feel like Bischoff, you know, in disgust, throwing down his headset and walking off because, you know, they, they announced on Nitro that Bischoff is, uh, is the producer for WCW and, and all that and Alice not a trained wrestler. So I feel like, you know, they're, they're kind of putting over that Bischoff has some kind of power in WCW that, I enjoy seeing Bishop being serious like like that. Yeah, and I I would say top to bottom, this is probably our best Nitro that we've watched. For sure. So we might as well take a quick break for we can catch our breath and we'd be back to talk about our jobber and our men adventure on a thrilling conclusion here on Made Event Status Radio. Right on, man. Hi, I'm Barry Wyndham. Follow me and all the other wrestlers at Championship Wrestling in Florida. On the South Florida Sports, each channel on this cable station. Howdy. Oh, okay. So all of you Puerto Ricans out there can understand what's going on. Come on in here, my man. This is a good for you. Are a Puerto Rican? Is that right? Yes, sir, Mr. Dollar. Okay. Now I tell you what I want to do. I want you to interpret into Spanish what I say to these Puerto Rican, your countrymen, so they can understand what's going on. Okay? Can you do that for me? Yes, sir, Mr. Lowe. Do you speak Spanish? No, sir, Mr. Lowe. <laughs> uh, Mr. Luger, Mr. Luger, I saw what just happened out there with Ron Killens. I just want to ask you, I mean, what are your plans for the next show, Super Bowl Saturday? I mean, are you, are you going to take care of Ron Killens? What kind of disgusting, despicable, despicable lack of respect is that Billy What's-His-Name show Booking a match for the total package like Sugar and Super Brawl? Super Saturday? What is it? I don't even know what it's called. What is it called? Super Brawl Saturday. Super Brawl Saturday? Can he afford to pay me to wrestle around? I don't know. I'm one of the biggest legends stars ever in the... God! And your teeth look like too tight too, Billy! And you book a match with me? That's right, Killings! Look at me! I'm a total package! I will rip him apart! I'm pissed now! 
And no matter what happens, Mean Gene, Sergeant Slaughter's reign as the WWF champion is going to be just like... Uh, you know what, brother? I know exactly what... Sudan's going to be just like Sudan Hussein's reign over Kuwait, brother. It's going to be only temporary. Thank you, Hulk Hogan. You look over in the championship side of the room. You got Dom Perion. You got sex. And you got world championships. Now, for a lot of you people out there, that's a real hard nut to swallow. And all their training brawl-wearing fans. Welcome, everybody, back to the thrilling conclusion of this fantastic 40th fart-free episode of Main Event Status Radio. We got the Dirty Dog on the line. I am the Beverly Hills coming to you 40 miles back, talking into my iPad. Take it away, my friend. The jobber of the night for me has to be the shark, the angel, John Tenta, for getting (laughs) half his beard shaven off. How embarrassing. <clears throat> I have a 50-50 um, jobber. Half, oh no, sorry, a 33 and a third. A third of it goes to Renegade. third of it goes to Mongo McMichael. And a third of it goes to the Halliburton. <laughs> For the horrible finish, I totally understand. (laughs) You know, think of it, I think, you know, you and I can easily agree on the jobber for this series. I feel like the jobber for the Great American Bash of the Beach 1996 tour has to be Hacksaw Jim Duggan's nut tape. (laughs) We've only seen it a couple times, but yeah, it's, it's up there. But we can talk about that more in our next next show. But the, for me, the main eventer of the night has to be kind of like what you did for a three-way jobber tie. My main eventer has to be a four-way tie, the Horseman. I loved how they put over Gomez in the match, or at least try to make him look like a million bucks. And I like how you know we get got two promos with the Horseman, one at their VIP lounge and two after the match. And I loved how they try to put. As they're trying to make attempts to put over Mago on being a, I guess, in a way, a Road Warrior star, in a way, you know, trying to, you know, show show off, you know, approach, they're trying to hide his weaknesses and try to amplify his strengths. <laughs> right on. My, my main eventer. I got a couple in mind, so I'll just kind of throw out to who I got in mind and we can maybe figure out. Um, I guess when we talk non-wrestling, uh, Savage's work in that uh, pull apart with the outsiders truly stands out to me, and I almost just want to go with him on that one. Because he's um, one cool dude. He he does have OCD, one cool dude. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with him. I think because to me that's by far the best segment of the show, and uh, he's the standout for me in that in that uh, 
that segment. So I'm that's su- my guy. I'm surprised you didn't choose Greg Valentine as your main eventer for oh my gosh. himself out with a backdrop. He's so powerful that he knocked himself out. <laughs> oh, Greg <laughs> Valentine. Yes. So we might as well talk about the plugs for the podcast. Listeners, you guys can listen to us at mideventstatus.com. That's our website, mideventstatus.com, where you guys can also listen to us on our SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash radio. That's all one word, soundcloud.com slash radio. And Mr. Beverly Hills, how do you listen to Status Radio? Oh, I listen, and lots of other people should uh, listen to us on iTunes. Uh, search us out, search Main Event Status Radio, um, and uh, rate, subscribe, comment. Yeah, man. Hit us up because we want to beat Jim Ross in the Ross Report because we're tired of Jim Ross's hashtag saucy attitude gorilla. You got it, man. And you guys can interact with us on social media, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Main Event Status Radio, or just like on iTunes, search, out, uh, search us out in the... In the master feed, hit, type in, type in, Main Event Status Radio. We are there. Like us. Interact with us there. And we're on Twitter. Mr. Beverly Hills, how can they hit you up on the Twitter machine? You can find me at Beverly Hills M-E-S. And for how me, about you, my man? For me, it's at Dirty Dog M-E-S. It's dog as in D-A-W-G at Dirty Dog M-E-S. And Mr. Beverly Hills, do you have any, any other final thoughts for the podcast? can't say I do. Okay, then I guess my final thoughts is I am looking forward to the Great American, uh, the ending of the Great American Bash at the Beach Tour. I am excited to see what happens at the Bash at the Beach in 1996. I'm excited to see who the third man is and how that all entails. And I'm excited, I guess, just to see how Flair versus Conan goes. I'm excited to see Arn and Benoit against Sully and the Giant and Whatever other matches we'll see at the Great Amer- or at the ending of the Great American Bash at the Beach Tour. Right on, man. For Mr. Beverly Hills, I am the Dury Dog Darcy. Adios, man, adventures. Never trust a horse. Time when I said goodbye And now I'm back And not ashamed to cry Ooh, baby Here I am Signed to deliver I'm yours Ooh, yeah When I said goodbye And now I'm back And not ashamed to cry Ooh, baby Here I am Signed to deliver I'm yours Amazing. They should get you should get much more time than anyone else. That is our show. Good night, everybody. That's so good.